I'm caps lock different. It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Pull a peel off in the Sadies and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she tryna grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them like I got bad eye vision. Y'all can't pass my scrimmage. Why y'all tripping this Aruba? I realized I had to go and flip. What's up, guys? Welcome back to 166 of Psychotic and Iconic. Pause here along with my co-host Nick Theories and Philly Phil. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in to the live stream tonight. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. What's up, brother? Welcome back. We back, man. We back. We got a lot of shit to talk about. It's uh been been quite kind of quiet on news, but we got some some really good. Yeah, shit I feel, to talk but about. I feel like it news pops at like any time. Yeah, like the Kareem Hunt got signed today. He got signed today. I didn't. I missed that. I thought he did. Didn't I say that? I thought he went to the Saints. Yeah, visits the Saints. He visited right. That's I today. thought he signed with them today. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Saints expected to sign Kareem Hunt and Anthony Barr. All right, well, let's start so, off with that then. You want to start? You want to start off with that? Yeah, we'll do that. All right, so Kareem Hunt was visiting the Saints. Apparently, he's going to sign with them. What do you think about the fit while Kamara's out for three games? I love it. I mean, if you look back, I mean, because when Kamara comes back, they're going to have a great duo, right? Um, if you look at the history with Chubb and Hunt, they had a great duo. And look at the history with the Saints when they had Kamara and Ingram. Um, those tandem, they work together really well, and I can kind of see the same kind of similarity between the two. Kareem Hunt can run between the tackles. He can catch. He could do all those things. So I really like this fit for the Saints. Um, I think it's going to be really beneficial for their offense moving forward, especially with Derek Carr on their center. They got Michael Thomas, Olave. So they're going to have some pieces. I really like this fit for, for Kareem Hunt. Uh, I like it, but I don't really think it does anything. Like, it's going to be great for three games. But after that, it's not going to really do anything because what happens to Jamal Williams? Well, you got a three three-headed monster. I don't think they're paying Kamara that money for him to be a committee like that. Maybe, but they also might want to preserve him too. Yeah. I or mean, or is he on the way out? And we don't know. Because that, if, I mean, if, if be you sign Kareem Hunt and you got Jamal Williams, now you have options. Yeah. I just like, I don't know. I, I like the Saints schedule is easy as shit this year. So the, the Saints by all accounts should win that division. Mm. Um, I don't know if they can, to be honest, but because I'm not a fan of Dennis Allen. And normally when you get, when you get career long quarterbacks that are just kind of mid levels, they don't go to teams and just all of a sudden be different. They're the same guy. Honestly, the most impressive one that I could think of recently was Phillip Rivers. Well, and that's because when Phillip Rivers went to the Colts, he was old as shit and they made the playoffs. Well, we consider Matthew Stafford to be like a mid level quarterback before he went to the Rams. I would say so. Well, I, I don't. I don't so. think that Stafford was was ever deemed a top five quarterback when no, before never. he was before he traded. But I think people had respect for Stafford and thought that he was just on a bum organization. I didn't. I didn't think like when I always said I didn't think Matt Stafford would win one with the Rams because I just never thought Matt Stafford was that good. Obviously, I That's was wrong saying, about like, that. So you in your head, he was a mid level quarterback. Correct. Yeah, but he proved me wrong on that. I just like, and he also has Sean McVay, who's an offensive genius. I think it's a little bit different with Derek Carr. Well, I know it's different with Derek Carr and Dennis Allen. Like, Dennis Allen was trash in Oakland, and last year they were okay. Um, I just feel like, for me, with the Saints, they have – it seems like they have everything, but I just don't know if it can all go together with Carr. Um, but for Kareem Hunt, like, it's a good fit. I just don't know how it's going to fit after starting week four with Kamara and Williams. I mean, Williams last year, he was a goal-line threat. Alvin Kamara is a three-down back. 
So really, where does Kareem Hunt fit? And like you said, if they're just going to do it by committee and just try and not make Kamara, you know, the workhorse, that could work. But is Kamara going to be happy with that? But my thing is, is like, what do they think about Jamal Williams if he can't carry the load for three games, the first three games? Then I don't even know why I bring him in. That's my point. He can't carry the yeah. load. You can't carry it for three games. Mark Ingram at his age now probably could still do that. It's very confusing. That's but, that's what. But I totally agree on Mark Ingram and Kamara. That it, it, it could be like that. And it's also confusing to me for Kareem Hunt because I feel like he's going to a very similar situation just with like a different organization. I think he's going to the same scenario. There's a running back there that's obviously better than him. But I think like I think if Kareem Hunt was a three down back on a team, I think he could be like an RB1 in fantasy. Could it could it help his trade value though? Because he could sign with the Saints. He could perform really well for the first three games, and the Saints could probably they own his rights, so they could trade him. I doubt it. I don't think they would do that. I mean, I could be totally off on that. I just that doesn't seem like something that it's a quick flip right there, if you ask me. Sell high. Yeah. I but, mean, get 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 draft capital back. Yeah. You I have just Jamal don't know. Williams. I mean, it, I don't know. Somebody's gonna be out. But here's my here's my thing though. In saying that, why wouldn't a team like the Jets or Miami sign Kareem Hunt? Because they probably have Dalvin Cook on the horizon. But if they could get Kareem Hunt for cheap, Kareem Hunt's good. Kareem Hunt can play, dude. No, I I like Kareem. I know Hunt. you know. I know you I, like him. Yeah, I really do. I really do. I just I I, I think you know when you get in, we can, we can get a Dalvin Cook who's what 27, 28 years old. Um, you know, I know he had a down year last year, quote unquote. But I, I think when you can get a dynamic runner like that in the open market, I think you're going to put all your chips into that. But middle. why not? If you're Kareem Hunt, is what I'm saying. Why not wait? And if Dalvin signs with Miami, then go with the Jets. Or if he signs with the Jets, go to Miami. I just that's where I'm because maybe this this could be Kareem Hunt's last opportunity to really show that he could be a starter because if he holds his own for the first three weeks with the Saints and he puts up 100 yards a you know a, a week, you know I, I think it could open up the opportunity for next year for him and maybe and maybe possibly this season you know like maybe mid you know yeah, I mean he's midway not... through he's like yo I want to get traded I want to get an opportunity to start because I can I can do this and he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear Adrian he... Peterson did it. Remember when he went to the Saints? He got he he, he got traded. I forgot he was. A yeah, I know. I I did too. That's just that, which is crazy. But like when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yo, I remember when he went there. Then he got traded. He wanted out because he wanted more opportunity. Maybe Kareem Hunt feels the same way. But this is a really good opportunity for him to get start for the first three weeks and see what he could do and put put some good tape out for a team that could want him next year. However, but my it, it still goes back to me with like the Jamal Williams thing. Like if Kareem Hunt is good between the 20s, that's great. But when you get down in the red zone, it, it's probably going to be Jamal Williams' role. It's funny that you say that, though, because I, I thought that would be Kareem, I mean, uh, Nick Chubb's role in, in Cleveland. But it felt like as it got closer to the goal line, it was more Kareem Hunt. Because Nick Chubb did all the work. Right. So now I'm saying if Kareem Hunt does all the work, you're going to put the power guy in, and he's going to score the touchdowns. And I feel like that would be the same thing with Kamara. Look, I don't hate it, because if you can add a dynamic runner to your running back group, I mean, look, the more the merrier. Because, yeah, these, no, because in this league, anybody can get hurt. Like if Jamal Williams, you know, just, just gets hurt, now you have Kareem Hunt and you have Kamara. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I, I, don't, I don't hate the you know crowded running back room when you had that much talent because yeah. i think now you have options yeah no all three because are good, I think, like i said because I, mean, I actually think kamara could be on his way out to be honest with you that's an interesting take he could he could be he could be well on his way out i mean the saints might not want to pay him well, for long term and kamara's name alone is going to go it's going to hold weight it's going to hold more weight in a trade and if and like you said if kareem hunts out there for three games and he's giving you 100 yards on the ground and he's giving you four or five catches 
you may move Kamara because you can get more capital from him. Right. And then you roll with Hunt and Williams. So that actually is a really a really interesting take there. Um, Just because I think Kamara's draft stock or or his stock right now is a little low because of all the allegations he has off yeah, the field. It's just his name right now is gonna give you is gonna give more. But however, um I lost my train. But if they shit. put those if, if they put the allegation if, if they put the the legal shit behind him and he could get back into the field and he's back to where he was, I think his trade value is gonna go way up. And I think that's an opportunity for the Saints to look back and be like, okay, look, we got Kareem Hunt. We can get him for the next couple of years for cheap. We also have Jamal Williams we just signed in the offseason. So we have flexibility at the running back position for us to move on on Kamara. And I don't want to pay him, you know, $13, $14 million a year, you know, as, as, because I have two other running backs and I could put that money to, to an, another position. And the Saints need picks. So, yeah, I mean, look, if we look at the running back position, it's being devalued as we talk, you know, and I just I, I feel like this is an opportunity for the Saints to actually kind of get out of that contract somehow. Yeah, that's uh, I'm looking forward actually to that now because I like I really like that take, to be honest. I just didn't think of it that way. I was just like I said, I was confused because I'm like, what? Why would Kareem sign there in the first place? And then it's just like the other part of it is it's too it's too packed back there. But like I said, it is. um but I mean, look, if you could showcase yourself for the first three games, I mean, look, you, you might you might put out some good tape over there and you're kind of betting on yourself for somebody else to come scoop you along the way. Like I, I kind of see that as an opportunity for him to showcase his skills to other teams. That's yeah. kind of how I see this opportunity, because I mean, all Williams and Kamara being there right. doesn't make any sense. You're probably right, because that makes the most sense. That's the most logical sense out of all. <laughs> yeah, of but it's not always logical in the NFL. We know that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um. So the NFL top 10 players list was released. Uh, Phil, can you pull that up for us so we could go through that and see who made it, who should have made it? Do you have any issues with it and things like that? My computer died, so no. I have to wait for this to lock. <laughs> I have to wait for this to... Uh... You got your charger? Yeah, but that wasn't on. Oh. oh. All right, we back. Okay, it is All right, let's now. go. So the All list right. is pulled up. Okay, so number one is Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, number two is Justin Jefferson. Number three is Jalen Hurts. Four is Nick Bosa. Five is Travis Kelsey. Six is Joe Burrow. Seven is Tyreek Hill. Eight is Josh Allen. Nine is Michael Parsons. And 10 is Chris Jones. What one, uh, what one sticks out to you the most here? Truthfully, I think it's Justin Jefferson at number two. Because how, how do you constitute a wide receiver being the second best player in the league? Like a quarterback to me is the most important position. And when you have a Joe Burrow who went into Cincinnati and changed that entire franchise and the fact that he's not even a top 10 and a top five player, that makes me scratch my head because, you know, there's not many players in the world or even in the league that could change that franchise in that quick of a span. And like I'm going to go for me. It was it was a few people, but mainly I looked at Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. On what planet is even Travis Kelsey, Nick, or Nick Bosa, or Justin Jefferson for that matter? At what on what planet are they more important to their team than than Josh Allen and Joe Burrow? Josh not, Allen is literally the Bills. I'm not mad at the Travis Kelsey being top five, and here's my reason why: he missed one game since his rookie year. He's been on the field. He's a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's second all-time in pretty much and pretty much every single statistical category and tight end position. I'm not mad at that because I think without him, like he, I mean, think about it. The chiefs lost their best wide receiver 
and Travis Kelsey had to step up, and he did, and they won the Super Bowl. That's a so good point. I, 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 don't, just... I don't hate the top five for Travis Kelsey. Like, his impact on that team is is very, very It is, but it's big. more predicated on Patrick Mahomes because if Travis Kelsey was on the Vikings, he, would he be Travis Kelsey with Kirk Cousins? He'd still be damn good, yeah. but I'm just saying it's he wouldn't be as impactful as a player. Schemes matter. Too. Now, here's the thing. Take Josh Allen off of the Bills and put Travis Kelsey on them. What are they? Right. That that is how I'm viewing it. Okay. And then like you're so going by importance. I'm going by of, importance. Yeah. I, and I like that too. I don't mind. That's it's why the, I have Jerry Burrow at number two. It's the it's the me. top 100. I I mean th- you're saying that these are the top players, and that's okay that all those other guys are in there. Like Michael Parsons at eight. That's so ridiculous. That's so ridiculous, dude. Hassan Reddick had a better year than him. Parsons was nine. Yeah, no, I get that. He was number nine. Hassan Reddick had a better year than Michael well, what, Parsons. What about Miles Garrett? Yeah, I mean, he, Miles he, yeah. yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, but I, I mean, I think Parsons does like Miles Garrett to me is always going to be in a defensive player of the year conversation. He is year in and year out. But I, I think Parsons does a lot of like other things better, in, in my opinion. Like, yeah, and, maybe he might. I mean, he could he could rush the passer. He can he can cover. He can he can stop the run. Like he does a lot more things than just specifically rush the passer. Well, my thing is, Hassan Reddick had 35 solo tackle tackles, 16 sacks, five forced fumbles. Micah Parsons had 42 solo tackles, 13 and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles. So, I mean, what what are we doing? It's just you know what it was. Micah Parsons got off to a hot start, and everybody started calling him Lawrence Taylor. And do you know where where Hassan Reddick was on the uh, top 100 list? He was low as shit. 48. Yeah. So that, but that's what I'm talking about. Because if you did a blind reveal and you put those stats next to each other and Hassan Reddick is player A and Michael Parsons is player B, you're taking three more sacks and two more forced fumbles and losing the seven solo tackles. The only thing I would say about that, the reason why that's a big disparity between the number nine spot and the 48 is because Parsons has been doing it for the last two years. Ever since he got in the league, he's caused havoc. And I'm not saying Hassan Reddick didn't either, but this was really Hassan Reddick's coming out party this year, I would say, in my opinion. So, but for me, though, give me the coming out player over the second year player. Because you're telling me in his coming out year, he performed better than a guy in his second year when you should progress? Well, Parsons definitely progressed. Well, I don't know. I don't. I haven't really looked at the stats. I'm in the just last simply few years, saying, but Parsons me, with Parsons, it's just gotten to. It's it's all about his name because everybody's comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. Well, I'll be honest with you. There there isn't a player in the NFL right now on the defensive side of the ball that I do not want outside of Michael Parsons. Like he is the best defensive player in my opinion in the league. Like I, I just, I, I just I do. Like when, like when I watch him, he like when I watch the Dallas Cowboys play defense, he is the one person that just jumps out the screen. Like he just he does it all. He's always around the ball. I always see number eleven hovering like an area, I and do. the ball is always there, and he's always around. And like that is this guy has a knack for the ball. No, I, I understand I, that, but I mean, I'm looking at number seven do the same thing except better and more efficiently. I, I, look, I, I don't disagree so, no, with that's, you. That's just where I'm at with it. And that's why, like I said, it's just to me, Michael Parsons is becoming name. And it is because the stats aren't backing up what, what everybody in the media and everybody is portraying him right. to be. They're acting like Michael Parsons is far and away the best defender in the league, the defensive player of the year, unstoppable machine. And I'm telling you that there's a player with better stats than him in the same division. That's how I feel about Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying he 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 doesn't deserve to be the number one receiver, but 
at number two, it's like, all right, well, where's Devontae Adams? Okay, why? Because he went to the Raiders and they, they weren't successful. The guy still had 100 catches on 180 targets. He still had 1,500 yards, and he still had 14 touchdowns. Justin Jefferson had uh, eight touchdowns, 1,800 yards, 184 targets, and he had 28 more catches than than Adams. Like, to me, I, I don't see, like, how Justin Jefferson is far and away the best wide receiver in the league. I but again for me. I'm not Justin saying Jeff- he's not the yeah. best receiver. I'm just saying we're talking about far and away because he's the only wide receiver. He's the well him and Tyree kill. But if I look at the stats, I don't see how Devontae Adams doesn't crack the top ten based on stats. That's a good one too, actually. I don't, I, I don't get it. He had 14 touchdowns, and Justin Jefferson and Hill combined had it 15. So he had one less touchdowns than two of the top ten wide receivers or players in the league. Yeah. I, I and don't not get for that. nothing, look who look what happened with Devontae Adams. I said Devontae Adams was playing with a quarterback that got benched. Right. And then he was playing with Jared Stidham. And he played a Kirk, really not good that stats. Kirk Cousins is great, but Kirk Cousins is an he's an, an adequate quarterback. He still put up great stats. He had he averaged 15.2 yards per catch, which is more than Jefferson and Hill. So I have a problem with that. Yeah. I will say that. And I I'm like I said, I I think Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver, but so do I at I, number I totally two. Do. I, I just you're you're saying you would take Justin Jefferson over everybody in the league, and I'm saying Cat. not named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I don't believe that because my if you surveyed 100 GMs right now, not one person like Patrick Mahomes is off the board. Not one would take Justin Jefferson. I know his players voted, so like I get it, but like I don't understand it at the same. Well, time. then the, like, well the players play; they don't watch. Right. So that makes a little bit of sense. And it's a honest. popularity contest too. I kind of feel 100 like. because Hassan Reddick isn't a sexy name. That's that's what I'm Parsons saying, is. bro. That's what I'm saying. And and the and and Parsons and he's on Dallas. He's on Dallas. So, so that he already has a leg up right there. Yeah. Because he's on that popular that clown show. It's funny that we say that, bro. Because when I watch, um, I don't know if you saw Asante Samuel's tweets when he was talking about the corner with him and uh, and Revis, and he his beef was well, Darrell Revis gets a lot more publicity because of where he plays. He's in the New York market, and I'm not going to get enough buzz because I play in New England. So, I mean, not for nothing. I don't, I, I understand it though. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, like, but Market. publicly you're going, yeah, you're, yeah. You're more marketable when you're in New York. Now, Papa Broad just said this on there. He said, what about Cooper cup? And when you read his stats, you can make a fair argument, no, but like, well, he's, but, he's saying that he's because trolling. I think, yeah, I think Cooper cup is, is a top five wide receiver. So here's my thing, Nick. He's trolling me. If <laughs> I don't feel like the Rams have a huge fan base. So if you put Cooper Cup on the Eagles or on the Cowboys, he's much more marketable. Would Cooper Cup be on that list after a triple crown? You know what it is with him? And I hate to say it. Yeah, he's white. He's white. And he's five foot nine. And that's 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 where that, that's exactly you know what, what it is. is? Like no, nah, that's that's a big problem. I was gonna say it's like Austin Reeves. Like they don't fit the bill. Austin Reeves can play basketball. Doesn't fit the bill. He just bill. doesn't fit the bill. And that's the same thing with Cooper Cup. When you look at Cooper Cup, if Cooper Cup went for 2,500 yards, 200 catches, and whatever, 25 touchdowns, you would still look at him a little bit sideways because of because he's white and yeah. he's short. He doesn't fit the bill of what wide receiver, dominant wide receivers look like. Well, think about how quickly people forgot his amazing season last year. The people Super Bowl MVP, about, yeah. People forgot about a triple crown and a Super Bowl MVP. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he had... Damn, he had 53 yards shy of 2,000 yards receiving. It's insane. 145 catches. That's like 10 catches a game, cuz. 
and he had 16 touchdowns. It was also a touchdown a game. Every time the Rams played, this guy was scoring a touchdown. You know how fucking hard that is? Every like, time. Teams are game planning against you to prevent you from scoring. These are professional athletes and professional minds in a professional football league. And you are out there scoring week in, week out. How funny I, that's was it amazing to though. go to fantasy a little bit. We used to laugh because you would look at his projection. It'll be 30 points. It was like 27 points. It was insane. 28 points. And he was getting over it. Yeah. He was like, getting like 32, you 33. Could pen, you could pencil him in every week for 30 points. Guy was amazing. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. It, it to me, it, it, it comes down to that. And here's the thing too. Like Jalen hurts at number three. Yeah. Jalen hurts is Jalen hurts is awesome. I think he's the third, third, fourth best quarterback in the league. It's a little high for me, though. But like at three, that's really high. It is high, and I love Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying, it's like when you look at it, you have like Joe Burrow should be number two on that list across the board. Cincinnati was a a shithole. Well, I think Hurts gets Hurts at number three makes sense in the players' view because what they're he gonna, just did, what he just did in the Super Bowl, it was one of the best performances of all time, according to Chris Jones. Chris Jones, I was gonna say, said it was the best performance in the in Super Bowl history, and he has Mahomes as his quarterback, who's been the MVP twice. So, like you tell me, you and hasn't I mean? played a road playoff game in six years, right? So, I, I don't, I don't actually like, like. At three, I, me personally, I think it's a little too high, but I'm not actually, I'm not mad about it. Let me rephrase this. If he was at three and Joe Burrow was at two, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Because to me, entering the 2023 season, those are the three best quarterbacks in the league. Hmm. I don't know. It's tough, man, because we're going by success, and I get it, and success is everything. But when you have Josh Allen, who who throws 35 touchdowns the last three seasons. And runs in for seven. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he's been putting 40, 40 touchdowns a year. And, and to look, be at the fourth quarterback, that's that's crazy. The and here's my thing not with many Josh people Allen. to do that. And here's the thing with Josh Allen, too, dude. His team isn't loaded. I'm dead serious here. They're not. They have Stephon Diggs, who's a top five wide receiver by most people's account. But, but that's it. But that's they don't have a strong wide receiver, too. They don't have a strong running back. They don't have a strong offensive line. Their defense is good. Yeah. But my point is, is like with Josh Allen, the Bills can't win unless Josh Allen's great. That's why he has if, to run. If Josh Allen is good or very good, the Bills are not winning a Super Bowl. Right. The only way for the Bills, as currently constructed, to win a Super Bowl is for Josh Allen to be great. That's why his when he makes mistakes are so major. Correct. Because the team isn't good enough to overcome them. And when you have like, here's the thing: Joe Burrow makes a lot of mistakes. Joe Burrow throws 14 interceptions a season. But Joe Burrow is, but Joe Burrow in those moments and in those spots doesn't like they're not as bad as Josh Allen's. Right. And Joe Burrow, the rest of Joe Burrow's team is good. He has a better wide receiving core. He has a better running game. So Joe Burrow can, and he, and the defense, the defensive coordinator, Lou Aranamo, has that defense always making adjustments in the second Yeah, game. no, he's So fantastic. Joe Burrow, there are different ways for Joe Burrow to make up for those bad plays. Right. And it's Josh Allen isn't afforded that same opportunity. And that's what does suck for Josh Allen. It's just, but like I said, Josh Allen that low is insane. And that's, and I'm not even like a Josh Allen guy like that. And you know that. I mean, everybody who watches this knows that. But, but like to have Nick Bosa more important than Josh Allen—that's crazy. Justin Jefferson, like, no way, no way. Who's 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 not on the top ten that you think should be? If you had to like, if, if there's one player that you just think, um, it could be a quarterback. It could be honestly, anybody. Devontae Adams, truthfully. Devontae Adams. 
Devontae Adams. Yeah, I don't think there's I'm, 10 I'm play- right with you. I don't think there's 10 players in the league, no matter the position, better than Devontae Adams. I kind of want to say Eckler or CMC. Oh, I think yeah. they're wildly slept on. I mean, I get the position. Look, everybody's going to devalue their running backs, and I get it. That's the popular thing to do, but there's not one running back on the top 10. I mean, look at Christian McCaffrey's impact on San Francisco, right? Yep. Like, he was excellent there. Look at the impact of Austin Eckler. The guy is excellent, dude. Like, oh, and and the funny thing is, is that people tell me, oh, well, Austin Eckler, he didn't have a thousand yards rushing. Well, the guy only ran 204 times. He also had 9,000 targets. And he averaged four and a half yards a carry. He had 107 catches on 127 targets. Like, what do you want him to do? So he he's a dual threat in everything. So to me, to not have a dual threat up there that runs and catches and runs between the tackles is fucking blasting. You know who else? You know who else could, could that you could argue? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the entire Titans offense. I got one for you that might not be popular, but what about Lane Johnson? The guy hasn't given up a fucking sack in like five years, dog. Like, yeah, that's a good like, one too. Like that's a real that's a that's really the most amazing. That's the most amazing. Like he is literally flawless at his job. Yeah, he has a penalty here and there, but who gives a fuck? He shut down Nick Bosa on one leg. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he hasn't ha- gave up a sack in, like, five years. Like, th- that's, like, 80 games of not giving up a sack against the best pass rushers in the world. That's crazy to me, bro. Like, that slept on for me. I'm actually Googling the last time he gave up a sack. I think it was 2017. He hasn't given up a sack since November 22nd, 2020 against the Cleveland Browns. 2020? Oh, yeah. I was way off then. Three years. I mean, bro, we, but, still, I mean, we were still wearing years. masks. Yeah, we were. That's crazy. <laughs> that was the last time he gave up a sack. That's perspective right there. So, I mean, that it's just like Lane Johnson's a really, really good one. I, I mean, love that. I, I love mean, that. that's that, that. It's not a sexy pick. You know no, what I mean? But like you put up any pass rusher against Lane Johnson the last three years, they're not touching our quarterback. That's he's playing his position the best you could you could you could possibly play it. And you have Kelsey. I mean, not Kelsey's not a top ten, but Kelsey's awesome too. Kelsey's let up like one or two sacks in the last three years. Right. So no, no offensive line love. So it's very, um, to me. But, but there's a defensive line. There's two of them. Yeah. And one, I just, I just gave you somebody that's not as big as a name that had better stats. Like Nick Bosa against Lane Johnson. What did he do? And he's number four. So what is Lane Johnson going to do? And not for nothing, but Hassan Reddick's stats are right on par with him too. Yeah. With Nick Bosa. Like what the Parsons do against, against Johnson. He didn't do anything. Nothing. So that's why I'm like, yo, that is actually really, that's some real shit. Nick Bosa had 41 solo tackles, 18 and a half sacks and two forced fumbles. So he had six more tackles than Hassan Reddick, two and a half more sacks and two less fumbles and three less fumbles forced. Like Lane Johnson at 41 to me is fucking criminal. It doesn't make any sense. It's criminal. Oh, you know what? I actually remember him putting the notes emoji. That's what he did. That's what he did on Twitter. I do remember that now. Oh, wait. I do see that. <laughs> he put the notes emoji, which uh, I, he's got a point. He does. Absolutely. has a. Point. He's got a point. We just mentioned everything. He said, okay, well, like with this and the notes emoji, 41 is crazy. He wasn't even ranked in 2022. So there's 40 players in the league better than Lane. A guy that hasn't given up a sack in three years. No, thank you. Doesn't make any sense. But uh, speaking of the Eagles and not making any sense, Carson Wentz is back in the lab. He puts on his Eagles helmet, his commander's jersey, and, and, Philly, Philly, pull this up and his Colt shorts. 
Yo, I saw. Do you think there's a team that could, that could help him revitalize his career? Nah, yo, hold on. Pull this up real quick. This yo. might be the best post in Instagram history. Fam, this is fucking insane. How awesome is this? Bro, I, I saw a comment on Twitter. You know what somebody said? Carson Wentz looks like a parlay. And I fucking started crying, bro. <laughs> I started crying. Somebody commented that? He looks like a parlay. And I looked at him I'm like, yo, he really does. And here's the thing. Your last leg always sucks. And his legs are some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, bro. But all right. So let's dissect this a little further here. I think he's brilliant. You think he's brilliant? I think he's brilliant. Please dive in this because I think he's an asshole clown. But go ahead. Subtle, <laughs> subtle reminders are key. And if an injury happens, if an injury happens in training camp, he just put his name out there. Not saying that everybody's going to give him a chance or anything like that. He's experienced. He's played in games before. If a team, if somebody goes down, why not call Carson once? I got a big problem with the caption. Back in the lab. Back in the lab. Yeah. Motherfucker, it's August 8th. Where the fuck have you been? See what I mean? So you forgot <laughs> about it. That doesn't mean, just because he wasn't posting doesn't mean he was in the lab. He but, was just coming back onto Instagram and letting you guys know. But why? Like, you're not because back in the lab. Can't... You've been back in the lab. But the, the, the context just doesn't make any sense. I'm back in the lab. Yeah. Bro, it's, it's August 8th. Training camp already he's kicked off. It. Now you're back in the lab? No. To me, that kind of, that sends off bad. Stop bad. taking it literal. I, I am. I if have to. If you liked Carson I, Wentz, you wouldn't have this, you same, can't this take, same thing. I have to take it literal, dog. The, guy, the guy's wearing an Eagles helmet, a Commander's jersey, and Colt shorts. He has, I have he's to experienced. Take it literal. He's experienced. <laughs> back in the lab. He's been, he's back in the lab. I disagree, man. I think this guy's an asshole clown, yo. I Why? think he... What is he doing? He knew that this outfit was going to create buzz, and hence the reason why we're talking about it right now. Nick, the, our, the most one of the most polarizing figures was the president seven years ago, and he has shown you that any press is good press. That's true. That Who is, is more polarizing than Donald Trump? I can't. I can't Nobody, argue that. No point. matter whether he's fucking inciting riots or fucking curing cancer, Donald Trump has a just a big glow around him that everybody just fucking gravitates to what Carson Wentz did here was smart because he got everybody talking. He made himself look like an ass, but now there are GMs that are going to look at that. If a quarterback goes down and think about bringing him in, I thought it was brilliant on his part. I thought it was brilliant marketing for himself. And Teddy, no, I don't think that he just got back in the lab when he posted this picture. Teddy Bridgewater, he got a job. He did get a job. Teddy Bridgewater isn't as polarizing as Carson Wentz. So you think the the reason why Carson Wentz is not signed because of he's pulverized? Polarizing. I think Carson Wentz like Carson yeah, Wentz. Polarizing. I still think polarizing? Carson. <laughs> I still think Carson Wentz is like I don't want to say a big name, but he's a name that's going to create controversy and all that stuff because he's shown you moments of brilliance and he's shown you a lot of moments of trash. But Carson Wentz isn't really made to be a backup. That just doesn't fit what he is. But he has to accept it. No, no, no. I'm saying yeah, definitely. But I'm just if like. How do I explain it? Like, I just don't think that Carson Wentz is the type of guy that you bring in to be a backup. And I think he is a backup. Oh, well, he's going to have to suck it the fuck up if he that's wants to be I'm, on the NFL roster. That's what I'm saying. And you know what's I funny? Know I heard reports that he is willing to be a backup. Absolutely. He, the guy's as a football player. He wants to be in the league. I just don't think he had a choice. No, he doesn't. Because when he performed at, at, at a, a starter level the last couple of years, I, I don't think he, he, he warrants to be in the league. No, but here's my thing. If Baker Mayfield... He absolutely deserves to be in the league if Jared Stidham's in the league. I, Baker, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. If Baker Mayfield goes down or Jimmy G goes down, 
the Raiders, they would call Carson Wentz. The Buccaneers, they would call Carson Wentz. Why not? So him posting that picture is just dropping a little fucking drop into the GM's names. Like, yo, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm back in the lab. I'm back it's in the lab. It's August 8th, and I'm back in the lab. He's been in the lab. That's he insane. just decided to post it. That's insane talk. Back in the lab. Working hard. I, I thought he could have came up with a little bit something, a little bit better than that. The uniform, that him playing dress up, I'm telling you, is great marketing. I don't disagree with that. I think it's just he he looks like an asshole. I, when I when when he first posted it, I thought somebody was trolling until I realized it said CJ Wentz, and I'm like, oh my god, this dude's a genius. Bro, started I started laughing. Up. I'm like, oh, this dude is. is I liked really, it faster than any picture I've ever liked in my life. He's really shot out, bro. It's amazing. Well, he just killed a bear like three weeks ago, and he got a lot of fucking flack. And for then that. you know what he did? He doubled down on it and showed the video of the kill. And here's the thing. I don't like hunting. I think it's fucking cruel. I feel bad when I go fishing. I feel bad for fish. I'm just saying him doubling down on that was, I, I like that because it's like, yo, that's what he does for fun. See, and, and I, I, don't, I didn't knock him either because how the fuck do we eat hamburgers? Yeah, I mean, I love Someone's got to do it. Yeah, how do we I'm, eat chicken? How do we have wings? How do I'm we have all the these most... things? I mean, we kill animals. It's what we do. I, I don't say I agree with it, but that's Two just things. That's nature. One, I almost said the most Paul's thing ever. I was going to say, yeah, I love meat. So good thing I caught myself on that. When you watch this tomorrow, you'll see me Paul's up. And then number two, I'm the same way. I do. Like, I love steak and all that, but I can never go out and sit in a tree and kill a deer. No, nah, I'm, I'm too impatient. And no, I can't sit there for impatient. Nah, it is for me, bro. Phil, could you hunt? I could, but I think I would find it boring. Boring, but, right? No, it's boring because it is a lot of waiting. Like, like you just said, yeah. like, like my, my boss, he goes, he goes hunting and everything. And I would blow a comb. He's, he's, oh, no doubt. No, he's quite literally standing still up in a tree for seven, eight hours. Yeah, like that's boring. Yeah, like I don't understand that. I'm just saying, even if the deer was there in five minutes, I could never like get a bow and arrow or a gun and kill it and then walk up to it and take its guts out. I just that's that doesn't interest. That me. wasn't, but that's. I could you blow just weren't off. I wouldn't even. <laughs> you just weren't. You just weren't brought in that culture. Like where Correct. we came from, we never went. It, it is a culture. Thing. Yeah, like that's more of like a, a more like I don't know people that live in the woods. Yeah, they say like, like it's it's yeah. it's like a um religious thing and stuff like that. But like I can never just like stand stand over a dead deer like oh my god I can't wait to go home and cook you and then hang your head in my fucking grandpa's room. Yeah, but of course he got a lot of flack for it because it's Carson Wentz. He gets flack for everything, and and, so and, and it's true. It is true. I get it. But even though I just crushed him for what he's wearing. Because I think he's he's an asshole clown. I think he's crazy. I think he's, and I think shot he's out. a marketing But genius. it's actually really smart. Now, now you brought it up, the marketing point. I, I, I don't disagree with that. Somebody, here's the thing it's horrible. Somebody's going to get injured. Unfortunately. Somebody's yeah. going down. I just, look, it happened when we, here's a perfect example. Who, you just said his name, he got picked up. Who got, who tore their knee apart and then got Sam Bradford in a trade and allowed Carson Wentz to start? Teddy Bridgewater ripped his knee up with the Vikings. Mm -hmm. The Eagles traded Sam Bradford for a first-round pick and gave Carson Wentz the keys. Something happens like that, and Carson Wentz could slide right in there. Now, he'll win five, six, seven games. He'll get hurt for three games, and it'll be the same thing because Carson Wentz isn't very good. Yeah, but I think that, like, if, if anything, if he's ever going to come back in the league, like, I think he's going to be a backup, period. I don't think he's he's the emergency quarterback that, that, that you're saying. He's like, a backup unless a team is already on. But, like, a team like the Raiders or a team like – I don't – like, I'm just trying to think of teams. Like, if Baker Mayfield goes down and Kyle Trask is some shit, what if – or you know what I mean? What they if probably would just tank at that point and go get a quarterback in the next year's draft. That's maybe, how I would see it. Maybe, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's going to be hard doing that because you're coming off of having Tom Brady. What's a good team that he can go to, though? 
Like, just name a, a, one team that you think that would be a really good fit for Carson Wentz to revitalize his career. Truthfully? Yeah. But it doesn't – no, nah, it actually doesn't work because of the quarterbacks they have. Um, this is a good question. Because here's, now – Here's one. If Russell Wilson goes down, I watch Shane, Sean Payton lead Jameis Winston to five a 5-2 five and two record. His touchdowns were up. His interceptions were down. Sean Payton could get some milk out of, out of uh, Carson Wentz. Damn. Really? You like that? Absolutely. Uh, my other okay. team was going to say the 49ers. And the only reason I so said, that, you said that, the only other reason I said that was because I feel like Carson Wentz has talent. He just needs an offensive guru. Okay. The other, but here's the problem with Carson Wentz. He can't get out of his own way. Perfect. I'm so, so happy you said that. That is the problem. That's okay. the problem with Carson Wentz. He can't get out of his own way. But he, to me, he needs to be on a team with an offensive guru. Baker Mayfield was trash with the Panthers. He looked all right against... I watched him hang 50 points on on Denver on Christmas. Okay, so let's slow, let's go ahead. My team for you for for Wentz, it's it's the LA Rams. Look at Baker Mayfield. He completely revitalized his whole entire career and he has an opportunity to start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. Why? Because of how he played in the minimum yep. time that he played last year with the Rams. He played excellent. Came yep. back on the fourth quarter, showed poise. Drive. He and, and what in 48 hours he was on the plane. Yep. Like Flew that's, out on Tuesday and played on that Thursday. changed his whole career. And it's given him a golden opportunity in Tampa. This is what Carson Wentz needs. He needs something to happen. The ball bounces way. He takes advantage of the opportunity. And then possibly next season, somebody could actually believe in him. He's still a young guy. He still has talent. I, I don't, I don't knock Carson Wentz's talent. He, the, the talent was always there. It was just, he was never consistent enough for me to like put all my eggs in one basket and put Carson Wentz as my guy. The whole, it just remains, it remains to be seen, dude. He had filled when he was, when he got injured, he was voted the number one player in the league by his peers. His backup came in after he did all that work all season, was going to win the MVP. His backup came in, won the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl MVP. They put a statue of him. They built a shrine in his locker. You can't, you know how hard that is to mentally recover from that? I get it. I don't man. care if you're the most mentally strong person in the world. That is not easy. And it ruined, he never got back because he started pressing. But that happened in like 2017, dog. And he, and it's he time never to like turn the page. He never recovered. You got to read a new book. You know what I mean? Like it's never time that the chapter is over. You got to move on. It and is. It's like, he but did he's had on, the opportunity. But he's never going to be what he was. He's had the opportunities. Though. He just didn't take full advantage of them when 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 they were presented. But I I just think the Rams will be a fantastic opportunity for him. Truthfully, the Ra- just, he needs just an given, offensive guru. Just yeah, just given. Look at Baker. I, I, that is the prime example. And I feel really bad for Baker because I think Baker's in for a. A, a we'll get we'll get into that we'll talk about it and then because i think i think the buccaneers can win that division so uh mama Powell says steelers okay i like i like uh kenny pickett mama okay. i'm a fan of kenny pickett i think the steelers make the playoffs this year Ressy says the bucks um the Godfather says the xfl <laughs> <laughs> wow Ressy says baker going to be benched by week two then Wentz will be there wow okay that's a that's a pretty good prediction i, I don't i don't hate it I'm a Baker fan. That if be- I had Baker and Carson Wentz on the same team. Oh, my God. You know, it sucks, too, because, like, I started to root for the Bucs because of Brady, but, goddamn, they have Baker, and if they get Wentz, I'm really never going to root for them again. <laughs> Bucks are going to surprise people. You think so? We'll talk about them next we week will. or two weeks, but, yeah. Um, that's an interesting take, though. Ba- uh, Carson. Carson. To the Buccaneers. Yeah. That- Something's going to happen. Something. 
I'm now I'm thinking about the, the the photo a lot more, and I'm like, damn, like I actually don't disagree with your take about the marketing thing. See what it I actually mean? really is fucking. You th- see, here's the problem, bro. And we talk it's about smart. this a lot, you and I. You think I say shit just to say shit? I don't. And I don't just say shit no, just to say shit. I don't think that, though. I think with me, it's just like my feelings are so wrapped up. Like when I see Carson Wentz, I kind of cringe. I'm like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> like, for I know no it's, just, it's just an emotional thing for me. Like, I just like to oh, me, like when emotions. I see his name, I hate him. I think he's trash. I think he's a bum. I think he runs away from uh from from like real life shit. Like, I, I just I don't, I don't fuck with him, bro. I don't know, man. That whole full thing just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, bro. Like, as a competitor, like, bro, like, I get it. I understand it. That, that is a tough thing to swallow because, like, I don't think we'll ever see that ever again. Nah. And, it and just that's the most in... Philly way to win your first Super Bowl. <laughs> it is fucking crazy. But, like, that, bro, that was Carson Wentz's city, his team. Yeah. Everything. Everybody loved him. And, and it got to ruined. this day, a lot of a lot of Eagles fans still have like a soft spot for him. I still do. I still root for the guy. I don't. Fuck that guy, man. You got to have more love in your heart. I do have love in my heart. But like... I couldn't tell. But like, we saw him in Indianapolis, which if you look at the Colts... That was bullshit. If he's... Well, look, Philip Rivers Rivers made the the playoffs the previous year at like age 38. You're judging... Everybody judged a good season from Carson Wentz off of one lousy game and the time... But that's been Carson Wentz. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that's been Philip Rivers. When it mattered most, the dude couldn't do it. So thank you so much for proving my point. That is one player that I wish that won the Super Bowl because he was so damn deserving. I think he's a, I think he's a, what, what was that term you used? An asshole clown? Asshole clown. Okay. So yeah, that's how I'm going to start this. That's how I, how you feel about Carson Wentz is genuinely how I feel about Philip Rivers. See, I, I don't because when Philip Rivers tore his ACL, went into Indianapolis, uh-huh. Colts were the number one seed. They were uh-huh. 14 and two that year. They went into Indianapolis with a torn ACL and he won and he upset the Colts. So that is fucking, but that's, and you know, who holds the most first, uh, you know, who has the most losses by a one seed in playoff history, Peyton Manning and the Colts. But guess what? Uh, to the me, most it, losses as a one seed. Look, it wasn't about the upset. It was about the heart. I think I gravitate to players towards like, like, like well, that. Philip Rivers is in cardiac arrest. Like AC, yo, an ACL tear and going to Peyton's house, who's deemed I a top that. two, top three quarterback of all time, and go into his crib and knock out the Colts after after having a bye week and tearing my ACL in the, in the wild card. Man, I salute that, bro. I think Philip Rivers is a, That's a competitor. I think he's a baller. I think he's tough. And I think he was a competitor. I just don't. I just think that Philip Rivers he has came up short. A ton of call it what it is. He came up short. Stats. He came up short. But I still think he's a damn great quarterback. He took the fucking Colts. The Colts haven't been. They've been garbage the last two years. Damn. The last time they went to the playoffs, who was their quarterback? Philip Rivers. If, he was there for one year. If you can point to one moment in a twenty-year career, chances are it wasn't that good. I, there's plenty of moments. I mean, look at Antonio Gates' success. Without his success, it's also probably Rivers. I remember them pick sixes. I remember having the number one offense and number one defense and not making the playoffs. Um, I remember him, his hands being clean. Well, Brady had his number. I mean, a lot of, a lot. I mean, it's Big Ben got two. Eli got two. Yeah. Dofer got one. Foles got one. Mm -hmm. I keep going. I mean, that's only like eight seasons out of 21, though. Now, 21. 21. (laughs) Think about that. You just named eight seasons out of 21. The rest, Brady was dominating or Peyton or Ben. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just, I know. came up short. Let's it call it what it is. is. He came up short. 
And the Godfather, McNabb came up short. You, he did. You, you think he's a Hall of Famer? He did, but McNabb is a better player. McNabb ha had a more successful career than Phillip Rivers. And it, it's literally not, it's, there's no argument to be made that it isn't. And this, but here's the thing, and this is what I'm talking about with Aaron Rodgers. Now it's jet up until January. Jet up. <laughs> but with Aaron Rodgers, look at him and McNabb in the AFC Championship games. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah. So, and in the NFC champion game, NFC championship games, I'm sorry. So my thing is, is like when people say, oh my God, Phil Rivers, he has 70,000 yards. This dude was, that's man. amazing though, bro. He's a first ballot hall of famer. Absolutely. And then I'm like, okay, here's Donovan McNabb who got booed when he was drafted and turned the Eagles around for eight seasons, five NFC championship games, a super bowl appearance. Oh, he threw up in it. Okay. He threw up in it, but he was there. Phil Rivers never even took a shit at the super bowl. Cause he was never there. The only thing he did was show up with a blazer. You like that, right? Yeah, but, you like that. But I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean with that? So that's that's why I get mad with Philip Rivers, and that's why I defend Donovan McNabb so hard, because it's not right. Because Donovan McNabb had a better career than Philip Rivers. In terms of success. In yes. terms of success, Donovan McNabb was more successful. And you could tell, and anyone that hates Donovan McNabb, that's fine. But when it comes down to it, Donovan McNabb, in his years, as a starting quarterback with the Eagles in his prime, was more successful than Phillip Rivers. No, and it's an awesome. inarguable stat and an inarguable fact. No, no. McNabb was awesome with the Eagles. Like, he was, he was very great. successful. Was great. But the Eagles had a great roster, too. They did. They were good. Well, not... Uh, and the but, NFC wasn't as a powerhouse that's fair, as the AFC. Thing. McNabb had a great defense. McNabb did never had wide receivers. The only year he got a wide receiver, he went to the, the Super Bowl. Like, I but feel he's like, out here throwing the Ricky Prohl, Todd Pinston, I Billy McMullen, Reggie Brown, Nay Brown, uh, James Thrash. Uh, who was the other dude? L.J. Smith. Was that the? Yeah, L.J. Smith. Was he the tight end? Or uh, Chad Lewis. Chad Lewis. Kung Fu. Fu win or lose. When in doubt, go to Chad Lou. He was, he was unstoppable. <laughs> I'll never forget that. We used to play Madden. We used to say that shit. So, that's but, crazy. So that's where I am on that one. McNabb is a clown. But uh, anyway, yeah. Oh, Stallworth. Dante Stallworth. Was that crazy. before or after he, he got – didn't he get arrested for, like, manslaughter? Something like that. That was before. That was before? Before, yeah, because he got traded from the Saints. Dante Stallworth. Holy shit. Yeah. But, no, it's a great it's a great point. I just – for me, it's like if I put the Chargers in the NFC, which you can't do, uh -huh. I think the Chargers would have been at least going to the Super Bowl at least one year. I, I think that I think it came down to the level of competition. The AFC was always Freddy the Steelers, Mitchell. the Colts, the Chargers, and it was the Patriots. Unfortunately, the Chargers were the only team well, no. out of the out of the Power Four that never really won. And, and the Ravens, but he only got the, the Ravens, but he only got the one AFC title game. Rivers, Rivers only got the one title game. and lost to the Patriots. But my point is, is that it's just like yo, you could never break through. Anybody could, but my, he couldn't even break bro, through the divisional round. Not many people broke through against New England, though, bro. Joe Flacco like, did. Yeah, once or twice, maybe. Is Joe Flacco better than Phillip Rivers? From a talent perspective, probably he, not. He had no. one good run. He had it. But I, I'll take, fuck, man, that's tough, bro, because it's like, it's like, what do you trade? Do you trade that one Super Bowl for 20 great seasons? Or Absolutely. do you trade just like a couple good seasons with a Super Bowl, but you've been mediocre majority throughout your career? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I, it's a really compelling argument. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not comparing the two, so please don't take this out of context. No, I, I'm not. I'm no, not, no, I'm no, saying no. this, what I'm about to say. You know who's similar to that and just much shorter? Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez has an impressive playoff resume. Yeah, but that's he only... He beat Brady and Manning in the same playoff. Now, look, he rode the defense. I get it. Mark, I'm not saying Mark Sanchez... 
Pauls. I'm not saying Mark Sanchez was anything good. I used to root for me and my brother used to let the Sanchez. The Sanchez. I'm just saying, like, Mark Mark, Mark Sanchez got to an AFC title. He got to the same amount of title games as Phillip Rivers. And people are trying to tell me that that same dude's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, look, I know he did it more consistently for 16 more years. I get it. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, you have to you have to have something to show for it. You I need agree at least a you, Super Bowl appearance. I agree. I agree. And the Chargers, they were they were like 14 and two in some seasons, and they were like the, the slam dunk to go to the bowl. Like they that was their year. They weren't nine and sevens, ten and six. They were 13 and three, 14 and two, 12 and four. And this is when they had LT, and LT was far and away the best running back in the league and possibly the best player. Antonio Gates, Rashe Caldwell. Yeah. He had teams. He did. Vincent Jackson was on he the He had teams. North Turner. Rest North Turner was a good was a Vincent Jackson. Yeah. Uh rest, rest in, peace. in peace. North Turner was his head coach, right? Yeah. I think bit. the only knock on McNabb is that he would throw in people's feet too much. Of course. He was inaccurate. He was inaccurate as a motherfucker. He was. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, again, I'm not disputing that. I'm not saying that McNabb was anything like that, but by the same token, you're telling me that somebody inaccurate still got there. He got there five times. Whether he was successful in one of them is a different argument. But he was still there five times. I know, but to talk to lose four four of them that in that's a row, awful. that's awful. That's horrible, bro. Aaron Rodgers, like did. you have experience. You you were home the last two. I think it was the last two. They were home. They were yeah. away, away. They were home and home. Yeah, they were home against the Panthers and the Bucks. Nah, they were in. Tampa. They were home against the Bucks. We weren't away in Tampa. Nah, we were home we, against the Falcons. We were in Philly against against the Bucks. I know that. And we were home against the Panthers. I could still see Rondé Barber running down the field doing the bird. Doing like us. That was his signature move. And he just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Oh, did he? Yeah, rightfully so. He was a beast. He was one of those game changer guys. Yeah. That Bucks defense was fantastic, though. Let's talk about that. I mean, they were fucking damn near good. That 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 took them to the Super Bowl. I know. And it's crazy because uh, John Gruden jumped in on that team. Yeah. It wasn't even his team. That's true, though. Jake DeLone went to a Super Bowl. Philip Rivers didn't. That's what I'm saying, bro. But again, I, I I'll go back to the conference though, bro. No, look, like I think look, that I think that mattered. I think the AOC was such a fucking powerhouse that like you already had. But here's a you know what? Here's an interesting theory. You already have people. There are some people saying Mahomes is the best ever already by talent, which obviously is untrue right now currently. But Joe Burrow broke through in his first full year starting. It's like at some point you just got to break through. Yeah, I get that too. I mean, I I don't I don't know, man. I feel like there's a lot more surprises in the NFC than there was in the AFC. The AFC was always Brady, Ben, and Manning. It was and, and, and then, then you Flacco, got your occasional Flacco. And occasional Flacco. And that was it. Like I, I can't remember another quarterback that I won outside those four in, in the mid two thousands, early two thousands. Like I, I I can't remember. Flacco is the only one in the AFC that is. But the AFC always usually dominated. They always won. Yeah. Right, like the, the Patriots had six bowls, the, the Colts won, the Steelers had a couple, the, the Ravens. You know, like what was another AFC team that surprised people? That was like, oh shit, they were unexpected to go to the bowl. I can't, I can't even think of one. Yeah, I honestly, can't. because I think for the last like 15, 20 years, there was a stat that was like Flacco, Manning. Yep. This is like the first year where Flacco, Manning, Brady, and um, Ben were not named the quarterback in the, in the Super Bowl for the AFC. It was an it was an insane stat. So I'm looking like, at this right now, Nick. Whereas, so, like, that's why I'm like the NFC. We always had surprises. We had we had the Green Bay. Oh, Russell Wilson. Oh, no, it's the NFC. We had the Green Bay's. We had the Bucks. We had the Panthers. There was the Saints a couple, you know, a, a year or two. Like, I feel like the NFC was always wide open for a team to kind of like swoop in there and actually 
you know, make some noise. But the AFC was always in lockdown. Holy. And I know, I get it. R Rivers should have came through for one year. I He had good enough teams to prevail at least one year. So I'm not going to give him the pass for that. Bro, everything for the AFC, it's... It, it, it's the same Tom, four quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Big Ben, and, and Flacco, uh, you know, sprinkled in there. That's all it is. And that's all it is. And that's what I'm saying. The pathway of the AFC was a lot tougher. Yeah. But he should have still broke through at least one year. If you're in, if you're the guy and you're supposed to be mentioned among the greats, you get through. I don't, I, I don't, I don't knock that take. I, I, don't, I, agree. I don't know how we got on Phillip Rivers, but we're going now. We're going to go to the NFC North. All right, let's rock. That was a good conversation, though. So the Lions open up as the favorite to win the division at plus 145, followed by the Vikings at 260, the Packers at 350, and the Bears at 430. Who has your best value, and who do you think wins the division? You know, I, I got to be honest with you, man. Uh, the, the best value for me, it, it has to be the Vikings. Like, they were 13-4 and four last year. It's, it's you know, they're, what, second best overall? I mean, they at plus 260, they were 13-4. and four. I get it. They won, like, seven to nine games with one score. And, you know, by one score, I get it. But, like, it could, it could flip. It, that stack could flip the other way and they could be fucking yeah. bottom of the barrel team. But I look at their, you know, their, their offense. They got Kirk Cousins still. They still have Jefferson. They drafted Addison. They have Osborne who, who could play. I love TJ Hawkinson. The only thing that's a question mark is their ability to run the football. And based on what I'm hearing, Alexander Madison can fill Dalvin Cook's shoes. So if he could fill those shoes, to me, their offense is still quote unquote intact. I'll fill you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> intact, but they but they lost a lot of pieces on the defensive side. And that's where for me it's like that makes me kind of weary. Like they lost Zadarius Smith. They lost Eric Hendricks. They lost uh Dalvin Tomlinson. Like they lost three key components to their defense. And that is going to to possibly haunt them, especially when you go against a Lions offense that was the third best offense in the league last year. So to me like that's my concern with them. But overall, I think the Vikings have the best value. Uh, I think the same thing, to be honest. Um, I think the Vikings now are falling into underrated territory. Um, I don't know. Truthfully, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, the over and under win totals, the Vikings is eight and a half. They won, what, 13 games last mm -hmm. year? Like, that's telling me to bet under. Uh, me too. I mean, you're talking a f you're a five game I, under. I'd say at the list. She, I mean, she that's took them to, crazy. Alyssa, that is Alyssa low. took the uh, the Vikings to win the division. And, and you I know said, what else hey, is crazy? Bad, <laughs> and here's the thing. So I think the Vikings are the best the best value. Like they're the best value. Yes, when I first correct. looked at it, it was the Vikings. But when I'm looking at these stats, the best value would be the Packers. Mm. The Packers won eight games last year with Aaron Rodgers. They're running back that same team, and they only moved a half game back in that in that win column. That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me that the Packers are seven and a half win total. So you got them. In, so you think the Packers are the best value? I think that based on that over under win total coming out of Vegas, the Packers are the best value far and away. But like, they also had the, the harder schedule too. They do. And that plays right into my theory of they have a hard schedule. They have a rookie quarterback. And you're telling me that they have the same win total as last year. I don't understand that. Rookie veteran, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, well, a twenty-year vet like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is washed. He didn't play well last year, but and then you have the Lions at nine and a half. That's high. Like I can't even remember the last. When's the last time the Lions had a nine and a half over under win total? Nineteen sixty. Yeah. So I mean, but like I would bet the over. So as currently, I think the Bears. That's a coin flip. Just off of instinct, I would bet the unders. The Lions, nine and a half. I think that's a high line. I would bet the over on that. The Packers at seven and a half. I would bet over on that as well. 
Um, Cause I think that's, I don't understand the discrepancy between you're going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan love. You're running back the same team. And you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers is only worth a half game less, but he goes to the jets and their win total went up two and a half games. So then with that, and then with the Vikings, um, the Vikings at eight and a half, I would bet under. And then, but for me, that's like, that's tricky, but that's how I would do that. So your best value is the Packers. Absolutely. I don't, all day long. I don't hate it all day long. But they I think got the, the hardest Packers. schedule. That's and the that wasn't, only thing. That, that wasn't like. my first choice. My first choice was the Vikings until I just saw that you posted that win total. And it's not, but the other one, like I said, you're going to, a 13 win team is bringing is only at eight and a half wins. Sorry. Not buying that at all. I thought that was kind of crazy too. But when I looked at their schedule last year, they had like nine games where they won by one score. Eleven or less. It was eleven games. Eleven. But by the same token, too, they added. I know they lost pieces on defense, but they added Brian Flores. Brian Flores is a good defensive coach. But they lost a lot of pieces. That's that's going to. No, hurt. I'm saying, but Brian Flores will have a scheme. Will have them schemed. Yeah, no, I think he'll put them in good position for sure. I just think that when you lose a lot of pieces like that, it's it's tough. You know what I mean? Especially your three of the top defensive players yeah. that you had a year before they're gone so what do you do you got to go to you gotta look elsewhere so if are those players able to step up I, I don't know i don't i don't see that i don't like i don't think they're winning division and we'll get to that. the vikings i got you but i think they're the best value in terms of i mean i'm getting a 13 win team from previous year and i still have justin jefferson who everybody voted the number two fucking player in the league like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a great point to circle like, back to that. That's a great point. Like, to me, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm pretty sure we're both going to have the same team uh, to okay. win the division. I'm going on record. I'm only choosing them because I'm rooting for this team second to the Eagles because I love Dan Campbell. Yeah, me too. And I want to I see Garrett Goff <laughs> succeed. I want to see Dan Campbell succeed. And I want to see the Detroit fans go to a playoff game and enjoy that. So I'm taking the Lions. Honestly, my favorite, I thought the Vikings were going to win it. That was my pick. But like I said, after reading those lines and what makes sense in my head logically, the line, that's a high over and under for the Lions. That's telling me they think the Lions are the real deal. And the Lions have a lot of expectations on them, which I think come back to haunt them. And I've said that on like 10 episodes prior to this. Um, a lot of expectations that I hope they don't crumble under. But I'm going with the Lions because basically because I'm just rooting for them to win. This, this division to me is almost like a don't overthink it division. Like I, I don't know. That's how I see this division. Um, I, I I like what the, the, the you know the Lions did. I know they kind of reached on Gibbs and they they signed Montgomery, but like I like those additions because you lost Swift and you lost Williams. So to me, I think Gibbs is going to be a stud. Montgomery is a he he can he can pound the rock between the tackles. He's going to be an excellent addition for him. Gardner Johnson, Cameron Sutton, uh, Emmanuel Mosley. This helps the back end of Detroit's. Um, uh, defense and they they gave up the third highest passing yards per game last season. So to me, it's like they they bolstered up their weaknesses. I like where where they're at. I like their culture. I think their their coach is very in tune with his players. I think the players want to play for Dan Campbell. To me, this is a slam dunk for the Lions at plus one forty five. I would take them all day. Um, I, I'm not going to overthink this one. I think the Lions are clear and far the best team in this division. And I think their schedule actually kind of helps them out too, in a way. Like, I think Green Bay's got the hardest schedule, I think, uh, and along with the, the Vikings. And Detroit's schedule is, is it's you know. Detroit's a good team. They're a good team. They're, they're a good team. Like, I, I, let's go down their schedule. They play the Chiefs. I think they're beating the Chiefs week one. 
I'm on record. I have a parlay going. They're they're beating them. First game of the year, the you Lions. Bet them? Yeah, I bet them. I took my fuck. I took I took a parlay, a 12 team parlay. I got the fucking Lions in that motherfucker <laughs> the first game. I think they're going into Kansas City. I think they're biting the caps off, and I think they're calling the fucking day and saying, "Yo, we're we're here." I love I don't the bet because the whole world's going to bet the Chiefs like because it, of the ring ceremony. The ring ceremony, the ring ceremony being there. Dan Campbell knows how to motivate his players. He's going to get the best out of them that day. I think the Lions are winning that game. Then they play week two. They play Seattle. Then they play the Falcons. Then they play the Packers, Panthers, Bucks, Ravens, Raiders, Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, and the Vikings. Like I think these are winnable games. I have them at ten and seven. I have them over the the nine and a half mark. I have them over. I think they're just going to get over. I think they're they're a dangerous team. I think their offense is really good. I think they're going to get better as the season progresses. Yeah. But I like them opening night. I they like them played the well team. last year. The problem was they got off to such a slow start because they they didn't have their defense figured out at all. If the if the Lions beat the Eagles last year, we're having a different conversation with the Lions because I think their momentum is going to keep building. Yes, it would have shifted. It would have shifted because it would have been, been like the Eagles season after that. They, they, they weren't really close with anybody. That was one of the best games. I think that was one of the Eagles' toughest games. Toughest games, and it was was the Lions. I think they're going to – this is what's going to happen against the Chiefs. I think they're going to run into a hungry team that ain't that, that's going to be pissed off that you're celebrating a ring right now because Dan Campbell knows how to motivate his players. Yep. I think this is a bad recipe for the Chiefs. I really do, man. I love I love it, dude. I, love I the like club, the man. Lions. I know that their schedule is a little tough, you know, after all the names I rattle, but they're they're a good team too. Do you have over or under two and a half teams making the playoffs out of this division? I got under. So do I. I think it's I think it's just a division winner. I think it's gonna be just a Lions. I have just a division winner. Um but you know, I I, I think it's gonna be the Lions to win it. I think they're gonna they're the only div- division. I let's, think they're the only uh, team they're gonna to make it. Let's go to fantasy a little bit. Well, uh, let's go to over under. Did you do the over unders yet? What do you mean? So the Bears, seven oh, and a half. Oh shit. Seven sorry, and a half. Sorry. Seven and a half under. I, I you got you got under? I got under. Wow. I got over. You got the, you got them at what? Eight? I do. I have the Bears at eight and nine. Because okay. I, I was gonna say, because nine and eight is probably gonna get an AFC team in the playoffs or one or two of them. They're just gonna miss it. But yeah. their schedule is super favorable. Like, and if Justin Fields is everything that everybody's telling me about, this should be a cakewalk. They should win eight games. They should win eight games. And if they if the Bears don't win eight games or more, don't ever come to me with Justin Fields' fucking name. I don't want to hear it, dog. I, I dead ass don't. I don't want to hear Justin Fields' name if he can't win eight games. Well, it'll only be a second season. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care. You can win eight games. Teams don't always pop. Though. Well, I, I heard he's gonna be the he's the, the most bet favorite to win the MVP. So is I, Zach Wilson. I I mean, I wouldn't put my money on that. I'm not either. But what I'm saying is, if this schedule is fucking favorable, you want me to read off the schedule? It, it's insanely easy. It's, it's I, I don't think it's a, it's. Let's let's go through it. Packers, eh. Bucks, eh. Chiefs, okay. Broncos, eh. Commanders, eh. Vikings, eh. Raiders, eh. Chargers, good. Saints, we'll see. Panthers, we'll see. Bears, I mean, uh, the Lions, they're gonna be good. The Vikings, we'll see. The Lions again. Then they play the Browns, the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Packers. Like this is an this is there is eight ah, games on this slate that are that could that are winnable. And you know what? If the Bears snuck into the wild card, I probably wouldn't be surprised based on their schedule. 
Like they, to me, they have maybe four or five hard games. And that, but that's also going off of projection right now. So you don't know what teams are going to be good. Like I think the, the commanders are going to be better than people think. I do too. You think the Browns are going to be better than people think. What if the Saints have an easy ass schedule. So what if the Saints are rolling in confidence and they go up in there and do something like that? It could, but the last three games is, is really favorable for the, yeah. for the Bears to possibly sneak in the end because they play the Cardinals. The Falcons, we'll see. I like the Falcons this year, but by you know next year, yeah. by by the end of the season, who knows where they stand? The Falcons went from the sleeper team to everybody talking about them. I hate it, and I just, I'm mad about it because I loved the Falcons last year when we were talking about Lamar, Lamar possibly Jackson. going there. And I'm like, this team is fucking good. Dog. I know, and I just feel like I don't know what it is, but like I said, they went from like sleeper team to like everybody acting like they're gonna run away with the division, and I'm just like, yo, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, because you have pump the brakes on that Costa Rica trip for real, because you have Desmond, you don't know what you have at your most important position. So, but all right. So you have over on the Bears. I have under. I have over on the Lions. You have over on the Lions. I have. I'm gonna say under on the Packers, even though I think you should bet the. I, you should bet the over on it, but I just don't believe it. The Godfar has the Bears winning division. Wow, that's interesting. But anyway, uh, the Lions I have over nine and a half. Packers I have as uh, under. I got the Packers as six and eleven. I went through the schedule. I was kind of rattling off wins and losses. I had six wins for them. Yeah, I would say six is six. Six and 11. And, and, and you know what? Like, that's okay. Like, that's a good season. Allow Jordan Love to have some growing pains. Like, if you're expecting him to come out and be like a fucking all star quarterback. Like, like let's, 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 let's damper the expectations a little bit. Let, let him grow and learn by playing. This is his first time. This is his first chance of playing. Yeah, I know he learned from Aaron Rodgers, but that doesn't always translate to everybody else. Some people learn differently. What if he learns by playing? Right? Yeah. So I, I don't know, you know. And Dave has the Vikings. What do you have for the Vikings? I have under. Uh, over eight and a half. I don't like that line. I I have so. the over. I think this team is, can is can win nine games. I have him at nine and eight. I, I, that is a little low. Now that's what scares me. Yeah. So I'm I'm reading it as a betting man. I would I would take the under just because it's so low. I mean, yeah. going thirteen and four. Oh, I meant this. No, no. I meant to say I'm taking over. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm taking over, even though I don't like that line because that line is that I'm I'm giving them the money. They're damn. They're too good to me to to be at eight and a half. You have the second best player in the league. Right. And. You know, I I don't think Dalvin Cook warrants four games to come off this list. Here. If he does, he should have run for eighteen hundred yards last year. Right. You know, what I mean? but they did lose a lot of defensive uh, yeah. pieces, and I think that's where the the votes are. They're that's that's where the numbers alive. come. Yep. So, um, so you have under two and a half teams to make the playoffs. I do too. Who's your favorite fantasy player in this division? It's Amon Ross St. Brown, man. This guy's a machine. Uh, 146 targets last year in Detroit. That offense was ranked third overall last season. And I think the opportunities are going to be there for him all season long. I think he's going to feast again. The easy answer is Justin Jefferson. I'm still going to roll with it here, but I do. I was actually looking into Amon Ross, but I thought you were going to say him because I know that's your guy and I didn't want to have the same answer. Um, but I just, here's the reason why I love the Amon Ra angle. And I know it may not be popular because Justin Jefferson's such a big name. They're going to score more. The opportunities, that is a high-powered offense. They were scoring 40 points last year. Right. 
every single game. Mm-hmm. So for me, like the opportunity is going to be there for Amon Ra, and we're about to go into our auction draft style. Also, Jamison Williams is out for the first. Correct. Six now, and the only and they lost T.J. Hawkinson, which means his targets are going to go up, go up, similar to Justin Jefferson. Right. So I just feel like Amon Ra is. I just feel like um, Justin Jefferson is always going to be that pick, but I love the Amon Ra pick because I think that they're that. That pick holds like it holds a lot of weight. Oh, don't get me wrong. If I had Justin Jefferson or Amon Ra on the board, I'm going to take Jay Jettas. Of course, but I'm just saying, like I, I naive. But who? Here's the thing. But the, the person Ra, I love that that fits my fantasy team is Amon Ra. I think Amon Ra has top five upside in wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. I think he's going to hit the top five too. Absolutely. So do I, because like I said, it, they're a, they're a potent offense. He's fucking good, man. Yeah. He gets open. That's yep. for sure. All right, last thing before we get out of here. Pounce or bounce? Pounce or bounce? Uh, fantasy auction draft. Two attack of Iloa, $10. Bounce. Bounce. I don't trust the the whole concussion thing. I like I like Miami as a team, but I just I have my reservations. Yeah, uh, I think Miami misses the playoffs this year. I think Tua and then I just I have a feeling that it's not going to go as planned to Miami, and I worry about Tua, and it's just it's just not worth it's not worth the uh, aggravation. I would argue they're the team that nobody's actually really kind of talking about because of their division, but it's okay. We'll get there. Yeah, we will. Deshaun Watson, twelve dollars. I'm pouncing on this. I think the upside for me is is what I am going to pounce on for this. It's the, it's the upside. I'm bounce. Really? I don't want him. I want nothing to do with them. I think the op the, the upside is there though. The because if you can get there. him from Houston, then this twelve hours is a steal. But I just feel like yeah, but he could I, run, he could he could throw. I mean, but we have to see it in Cleveland. We yeah, haven't seen it in Cleveland. That, and here's the thing: as a Fair as point. um as as famous as I am for coming in last back to back, I'm not losing twelve dollars out of my budget on a player that has a, that is like uh, he could be because there's also a chance that what I believe is correct and that he's going to be some shit. And he's not going back to that to Sean Watson. So that's that's my uh, rationale behind it. All that. right. Uh B. John Robinson, 65. I'm bouncing on that, bro. I, I just I, I don't believe in the motto of paying 65 hours for a rookie running back. I just I've never been in that in that space. I'm bouncing on it because I just don't believe. Come on, fam. <laughs> this segment is fucking heat. <laughs> I'm, I'm out on uh Bijan because I just don't be, I don't know what the Falcons are doing. I don't know what the team's gonna be. And they had a thousand yard rusher last year. I keep saying it. And I'm either going to be really right or really wrong. There is no in between. I just don't think that B. John Robinson is going to set the league on fire. Look, I, I, I put it like this: he has this. two other capable, viable options right beside him that are already familiar with the offense, and he has a runner, a run dominant guy, and a pass dominant guy. So where does he fucking fit? There, there. He's definitely going to fit. You're just they asking for trouble. Oh, oh absolutely. You're asking You're- for a weekly headache of I can't bench the guy. But I don't want to start him. Yeah, because uh, Tyler Algier is getting the the yeah. goal line carries, and I'm, like I'm getting like you know snubbed yes. from the, like it's kind of like a Nick Chubb situation. Yes, you know, to, to a degree. Yep. Um, um, but you know, I I love every point you said about the Bijan Robinson. It's just like I I, I just I, I can't I can't do it. Derrick Henry seventy. I'm pouncing on this. Me too, bro. This is this is Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry goes about? for seventy dollars, I paid eighty four for him last year. Derrick Henry at $70 is a steal because you know you're getting 30 touches a week. Yeah, but you're also getting a, a pedestrian offense too, which also I could be – But I, I mean, I always go for the opportunities. Derrick yeah. Henry at $70, give me them all day. But it just got D-Hop. If D-Hop could play a little bit, they got Traylon Burks. They could open up some space. They got Traylon Burks. Could Traylon Burks be something? He's fast as shit. Could Tennessee be a sleeper team? Absolutely. I told you before, I think Tennessee is going to be more involved because every year everybody counts them out and somehow they're hanging around at 8-7. and seven. Me too. He's a top five head coach. 
Um, I'm on raw 52 pounds all day long. He's, day. I, we just, we just talked about him. He's, he's a machine. It, so it's what worth he did it. last year, it's worth that it. was enough for me. This he's is wide receiver. One number certified one, uh, for the next few years, Stefan Diggs 60 pounds. He's the same thing for me year in and year out. I know what I'm getting. I'm getting 160 targets. I'm getting 120 catches. I'm getting 1400 yards and, and double digit touchdowns. Yeah, same. And uh, the other thing I like is that I don't think Josh is going to be much as much of a runner. They don't have a strong wide receiver too. And I just think that that's, if he's not running, he's going to be throwing. Yeah. And Diggs is going to be wanting the ball a lot. Yeah. And I saw what happened when the playoff came. And I think with that, I was just getting ready to go to that. What happened in that playoff game with Diggs and all that? I think Diggs is going to be a target monster this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Stefan Diggs for 60, I'm all in. DJ Moore, 30. I'm going to, I'm going to bounce on this. I, I I think I, when I think of Justin Fields, I think of more of a runner. Like I feel like DJ Moore to me is going to have a lot of missed opportunities more than the opportunities itself. I'm gonna look here's I'm, I'm out gonna, on it. I'm gonna I'm out. I'm gonna bounce. But my thing with DJ Moore, I think DJ Moore could be a sneaky play. It could be. I think DJ Moore is gonna have a good a a good year because I'm I'm assuming that Justin Fields is gonna improve because DJ and I think DJ Moore is a really good wide receiver. So I, I'm I'm still out on it, but because that's a lot for a maybe again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um Travis Kelsey Kelsey, 47. I'm bouncing on that. I $47 for a tight end to me. I think that's that's salary cap suicide. It's too high. And I love Travis Kelsey, but it's just it's too, too 47 is just somebody's going to pony up for $47 for Travis Kelsey. It ain't going to be me, but somebody's going to do it. They're going to pony up the the you know the Brinks for him. Yeah. They I, are. Mean, I mean look, you're getting you're you know what you're getting. You're getting a top 7 wide receiver. Yeah. So I mean, and theoretically, if we're going to take Amon Ra at 52, 47 for Kelsey doesn't always seem that crazy. Yeah, I just, right? it's, it's just a position, dude. It's just tight end. I know. But if I went, if I went Travis Kelsey for 47 and got three cheap wide receivers, you know, then I might have something, right? Yeah. I don't you know. You have to make it's, sure you hit on them wide receivers. Right. When you draft Kelsey, you know you're hitting. That's true. But can you hit on the three other wide receivers? That's the nature of the beast, though. That is. It's it's really, it's, it's a crap nature shoot. Of the beast. It's all it crap is. shoot. It's all crap boys. shoot. Trap shoot in the end. Uh, George Kittle, 29. Uh, I'm bouncing on this. I had him last year. I got to be honest with you. There was too many games for me where he was blocking. like, And that's all the fuck he did. But yeah, there were some games where he, you know, towards the end of the season, he popped off. But too many questions out quarterback for me. And I, I saw too many games last year where he was blocking. If they have an, if, if they have an, you know offensive line trouble, he's going to be doing the same thing he did last year. And I don't, I don't I'm off that. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's it's just not worth it. You said he's a, he's another headache. Yep. He's only going to give you shit here and there. Yeah. And I want consistency <laughs> and a valid driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> All right, guys, that concludes 166. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Theories, take it away. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate all the love, support, and the comments. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher, and all that other shit. Also, follow us on all of our social platforms as you do not want to miss our fucking daily heat that's fucking dropping tomorrow. So be fucking tuned for that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we will see you guys this Thursday. At P&I, baby. I'm caps lock different. 
It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Took a peel off in the Sadies, and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she tryna grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them. I got bad eye vision. Y'all can't pass my scrimmage. Where y'all tripping? It's Aruba. I realized I had to.